Welcome to Love's Last Call with Evangelist Carol Ann of Agape Light Ministries. Please open your hearts to hear an anointed message that will encourage and empower you to walk in the love and light of God's Word. Beloved, on the heels of our last series, The Apostate Church of the Last Days, we are beginning a companion study entitled, Babylon, Romanism, and the Harlot of Revelation 17. As the prophetic indicators God's Word has revealed to us converge with the last day's confirmation, there is a spirit that behind the scenes is at work, permeating every demonic action of the God of this world, who is still foolishly yet pridefully purposing to usurp the one true and only God of all creation. The entity I am referring to is the spirit of Babylon, which was birthed from within the heart of Lucifer. It works closely with the spirit of Antichrist and is at the foundation of every false way. It is the Pied Piper who leads many to fall away from the truth, leading to apostasy, and the soon-to-be-fully-manifested one-world religion. It wields great influence within the governmental realms as well. It is the controlling power behind every endeavor of fallen man. As one pastor was quoted as saying, this demonic spirit of Babylon was in Sodom and Gomorrah and in Nazi Germany. It is now in North Korea and Iran. It is running drug cartels and human trafficking, and it is writing curriculum for students from kindergarten through graduate school. It is the architect of political platforms and cultural narratives in everything from movies to television shows and video games. Nothing is immune from this demonic influence of the spirit of Babylon. And in these last prophetic minutes on God's predestined timeline, this spiritual force of Babylon is seducing many within the Christian church. And therefore, it is critical for God's people to understand and recognize more fully the identity of the servant of Satan and to be on the alert against her cunning deceptions. In this study, we will investigate her full identity as the harlot of Revelation 17. But first, we'll take a penetrating look into her persuasions and those of her harlot daughters, for she is the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth as described in Revelation 17.5. An abomination is a Hebrew euphemism for an idol. Therefore, she is the mother of all idolatry in the earth. We'll start by going back to the book of Genesis. In chapter 3 and verses 1 to 5, it is written, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. These blasphemous lies emanated from the mouth of a fallen angelic being who orchestrated the first mutiny against Elohim. 
and it was the same rebellion against the word of God that he was tempting Adam and Eve to succumb to. The phrase good and evil includes everything within those two extremes. In other words, Lucifer, who appeared as a serpent, was essentially promising Eve, along with her husband, that they could choose and experience anything they wanted, for they would now be in control of their own choices and destiny apart from God. And as it is Lucifer's pattern to counterfeit every true thing in God to make it his own, another account of the Garden of Eden encounter is recorded in early writings, penned by one of his agents of darkness, a Babylonian poet named Inheduanna. In her carnal and seductive depiction, we are given a glimpse of the influential Babylonian spirit which has endured throughout the history of mankind and which as the present Western world held firmly in her clutches. By contrasting the truth that is depicted in the biblical version of the Garden of Eden account with the Babylonian version, we will be better able to discern this demonic spirit of death and destruction and why the Lord God commands us to come out of her. We learn that in Hejuanna, who was a high priestess and the daughter of a king, is recognized by literary and historical scholars as the earliest known author and poet. She is probably best known for producing a collection of temple hymns that were used throughout Mesopotamia. She held powerful influence in the occultic religion of the ancient world. And while the dates are uncertain, reliable records indicate that Abraham, who at that time was still known as Abram, lived in Ur about the same time period, although in Hejuanna most probably slightly predated him. We know by his word that the Lord God reached down his mighty arm of salvation and snatched Abram out of the bowels of Babylon. This was the same Babylonian city and culture in which Inheduanna was a prominent figure. Along with the hymns she wrote, she was also recognized for her devotional writings that gave homage to the goddess Anana. As the goddess of both war and erotic love, Anana is better known by the names Ishtar, Astarte, Ashereth, Isis, and much later as Venus. Her embodiment consisted of wild abandon and perverseness. The Babylonian spirit of Inanna can be seen in the music videos of many icons of today, such as the occultic and seductive performances of Madonna, Miley Cyrus, Lady Gaga, and Rihanna. The name Rihanna even means Great Queen. In Welch text, Rihanna was the goddess of fertility. In the Babylonian version of Eden, Inhejoanna wrote about a place called Ebe. But unlike the true Genesis account that reveals a place of abundance and beauty that is under the lordship of the Creator, the Babylonians viewed Ebe as something a person should overcome as part of the process of personal growth. They saw Ebe with all its bounty as representing dependence, particularly on the Creator which is contrary to the personal freedom and self-determination they vied for. This, of course, was a direct result of the fall of man. In her poems, Inhejuanna describes how the goddess Inanna overcomes Ebe and how she defeats the Garden of God through asserting her independence and her absolute right to self and all it determines to do as its own ruler. 
and had Joanna drives home this point by demonstrating an honest freedom from any constraint. She could be good or bad, but above all, she could do anything she wanted, with complete freedom to determine her own conduct without conviction. One look at today's world, and it becomes tragically evident that we have reached the epitome of this rebellious determination of self and the flagrant disobedience to God and His Word. In one of her poems, Enheduanna praises Anana with these words, To destroy, to build, to lift up, to put down, are yours, Anana. She asserts that this power belongs to Anana and can be harnessed through that same self-determination. However, in truth, all power belongs to the Most High God and to Him alone and only he can anoint his true servants with the sacred endowment in accordance with his purposes. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 1, and verses 9 to 10, we read Jehovah's proclamation to his prophet. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms, to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. The Lord God alone will be glorified in all he determines. The poem of Enheduanna blasphemously continues with, To turn man into woman, and woman into man, are yours than Anna. That sacrilegious poem, which was written 4,300 years ago, was a demonic depiction of the vile and perverted spirit of Babylon that is at work in a consuming way today. Transgenderism, which is raising its blasphemous fist in the face of God's original and unalterable design for humanity, is gaining much influence and even popularity within today's masses. Even in the grocery store where I personally shop, there are two young men who are obviously transitioning to women. Are we witnessing Lucifer's demonic hybrid of God's creation? In Hedjoanna's poems, which are darkened expressions of Lucifer's demonic repertoire, have become a tragic reality that is destroying not only the physical bodies of many who are falling under the spell of this demonic destroyer, but even more importantly, their spiritual destinies as well. Elohim created humanity as male and female and established the institution of marriage to be between a man and a woman. And therefore, the Babylonian spirit that is serving Lucifer in his deadly ambitions must oppose all aspects of God's divine order. Transgenderism and the LGBTQ movement are just two of the demonic evidences of this blasphemous assault against the Lord God and His perfect creative power. And as the spirit of Babylon continues to permeate every fiber of man's existence on earth, we are seeing more and more of the sorrowful evidence of Paul's prophecy in 2 Timothy 3, 1-9 as well. But realize this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure 
rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power, and avoid such men as these. And this is where we must pause for today. In our next segment, I will be delving deeply into the scriptural identification of the mother of harlots and the Babylonian mystery religion she is queen over, as identified in Revelation 17. It will be a crucial message that those who are yoked to Roman Catholicism in any way must not miss, for it holds within it the stark differences between truth and deception, light and darkness, and eternal life or death. I pray you will join me, and until then, as always, beloved, I bid you His agape. You've been listening to Love's Last Call with Evangelist Carol Ann of Agape Light Ministries. If you have a prayer request, please contact us at Agape Light Ministries, P.O. Box 6313, Chesterfield, Missouri, 63006, or via our website at www.agapelightministries.com. Again, that's www.agapelightministries.com.